You are listening to the podcast for learning the language of A Course in Miracles so you can understand the meaning, embody the message, and live the teachings as a way of life. Welcome to episode 50 of this podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Jennifer McSween, creator of this podcast and the Course in Miracles practice coach for taking those who are studying the course from information to application. This episode, number 50, is the last episode in this series of the podcast for understanding the language of A Course in Miracles. So as I shared last week, there won't be any new episodes until the new year. But at the end of this episode, I'll let you know the date the second series will begin and the aspect of the course on which I'll be focusing. So listen through to the end. On this week, the topic of this week's episode is what is death? Question number 27 in the Manual for Teachers section of A Course in Miracles. In paragraph five of the answer to the question, what is death? The manual says that death is the one point at which the contrast between the perception of the real world and that of the world of illusions becomes more sharply evident. The course sees uses the analogy of a dream to describe our experience of ourselves as bodies living in a world of form surrounded by other bodies. Because it says that the world of separation, along with the perception of yourself as a body, is nothing but you experiencing the idea of separation that's in your mind in its truest form. And though it appears real, it has neither substance power nor meaning in and of itself, nor does it exist anywhere. It seems real because it's the same dynamic that takes place in our nighttime dreams. That is, ideas in the subconscious mind come into the conscious mind in symbolic forms. And as real as they may appear to be in your dreams, they're nothing but illusions. Because when you wake up, you realize that nothing you dreamt has actually happened or taking place, and that you never even left the safety of your bed. The manual describes death as the central dream from which all illusions stem, because the ego's thought system of separation is in content or in essence or by nature, the thought that God could be and was killed. That is, the unified eternal oneness and presence that is God was shattered. It's no longer unified, no longer eternal. So now everything is separate, individualized, different. They are contrasts and opposites, and everything lives for a little while and then dies. The belief that the separation happened, that is the killing off of God, is the thought of death that we are experiencing in the form of being in a body that lives in the world. Again, when we choose the ego's thought system to be the truth, we accept this as the way of nature, the, the nature of life. We say this is the way it is. This is the way things are. Yet, death is the one aspect of the nature of life that we accept to be what is, that many, if not most of us, try to resist, fear, and feel extremely victimized by. Because we all die, regardless of how good a life we live 
what we do or accomplish or how long we live, life as we know it eventually comes to an end. And we perceive this to be the ultimate loss and believe it's God's way of punishing us for having committed the sin of separating, that is, killing off or shattering the oneness of God to gain the separate individual self that we believe we are. Because we're accepting the ego's perception of ourselves as bodies and the world of separated forms as real. So we see death as a justifiable way for God to punish us for the sin of separation. We see it as his way of metaphorically taking back the life we stole from him by separating. And so we have a lot of fear around our inevitable death that we secretly believe to be very deserving for what we have done. This secretly unspoken, secretly held unspoken belief, along with the equally secret hope that our death sentence could be stayed or lightened in some way, leads us to develop a variety of theories and rituals and practices in an attempt to put our fears to rest and find ways to appease God and perhaps escape punishment. And a prevalent theory, you know, is that about the life after death and that if we live a good life, that is being kind and generous, you know, keeping the Ten Commandments, engaging in some form of religious practice, worshiping God, praying, meditating, or even observing certain lifestyles and or dietary practices for that matter, we hope or we think, we believe, will allow us to redeem ourselves, will allow you to redeem yourself in the eyes of God in some way. That way, when you die, God will let you reunite with him and live an eternal life instead of condemning you to eternal death. But the Course sees death very differently. As I shared, it's not as the end of your life, but the illusion of an end. Because the life you think you're living is an illusion itself. Remember, from the perspective of the Course, the separation never really occurred. It is an idea in the mind. And as I shared in last week's episode from a passage in chapter 27 of the text, the Course refers to the thought of separation as a tiny mad idea. Tiny because it is insignificant. It is just one among the multitudinous ideas in the mind. And mad because it is just not possible. Literally insane, out of the mind. And just like every other idea that comes into our awareness, we're experiencing it in its truest form and in the manner in which we are perceiving it. Nevertheless, it remains an illusion and never really exists. So since the body, that is, we as bodies, never really live, bodies cannot die. Both life of the body and death of the body are illusions. Death, from this perspective then, is the illusion of an end to something that never was. And in saying that death is an illusion or the illusion of an end, the Course is bringing our attention back to the idea that death 
the world and everything that seems to take place in the world is an illusion. And as long as we perceive it to be real, we will continue to fear it, resist it, misperceive it, and feel victimized by it. So we're being told or taught that our perception of death as God punishing us by ending our life is nothing other than the misperception that comes from believing in the ego's thought system of separation and reminds us that we can choose the Holy Spirit's thought system. Do as the Course teaches, choose again. Choose again the lens or the perception through which we want to look at anything. And so we can choose the Holy Spirit's thought system and see death as simply another form through which we can awaken from the dream and recognize the truth. This is what will put an end to our fear and misperception of death. Having the awareness and understanding that we have not separated, we have not sinned, we are guiltless, still one with God, and always will be. Or waking up from the dream of separation and letting go of the belief in the ego, the ego's thought system of separation, or the illusion. How we go about letting death be a form through which we awaken is by remembering and recognizing that death, like everything else that we accept and regard as the way of nature, the way life is in the world, is an idea that's part of the ego's thought system of separation that says the body is what you are, it's the result of having sinned against God, and you will eventually die as a punishment for having sinned that sin or committed that sin. So when you find yourself looking at death in a way that is not peaceful, which is anytime you find yourself feeling afraid or worried about either your own seemingly inevitable demise or that of a loved one, and perhaps you know it's being told a diagnosis or given a prognosis that is not hopeful, or maybe you're involved in a threatening situation or confrontation, or your loved one is. Realize that you've once again chosen the content of the ego's thought system of separation as telling you the truth about what you are, where you are, and what is taking place. So what you do is don't deny or dismiss what you're feeling by trying to paint, you know, a positive picture, paint a pretty picture on death or something wonderful, or try to put it in a positive light. And don't try to talk yourself out of feeling fearful, worried, or victimized over death, because you already are feeling that way, right? And above all, do not judge yourself as being a weak person or a bad core student for feeling fearful. Simply look at those thoughts of death, of fear of death, and realize that they're just the content of the ego's thought system that says you're a body and therefore you can die. Then what you do is become willing to look at death through the Holy Spirit's thought system, which will remind you that perceiving yourself as a body is just another form in which you're experiencing the idea of separation in your mind. And just like in your nighttime dreams that appear to be very, very real, 
but are nonetheless illusions, you as a body are also an illusion. So there is nothing to fear because there is really nothing there. Because in reality, not only are you not your body, but death in any form simply cannot be. So that's it for this week and for the first year's series of Understanding the Language of A Course in Miracles podcast. The new series will begin Wednesday, January 8th, 2020, and the focus will be on the first 50 lessons of the workbook section of the course. In my almost 20 years as a student of the course and doing the workbook quite a few times, and also hearing this from a couple of my teachers, I've learned that the first 50 lessons of the workbook provide a great framework for understanding the mind retraining process that the workbook is designed to do. So each week I'll be sharing a commentary on one of the first 50 lessons. I'm not exactly going to be reading the lesson out in its entirety. I'll probably share sections of it, but the focus will be on the title of the lesson and what that title means. I'll also be focusing on the aspect or the current, the aspect of our current way of thinking that is being addressed by the title and the content of the workbook lesson. And I'll also be looking at how it relates on a practical level so we can literally bring the practice to our daily lives. That the practice becomes alive and it's no longer simply about what you do when you sit down at the start of the day or you do your practice periods that are instructed, we are instructed to do throughout the day and then again at the end of the day. What the course wants us to do is to learn to generalize, meaning to bring that teaching, that lesson, that practice to our daily lives because this is the way we're going to learn how to apply it and then experience the results to apply it, learn it, and experience the results through our applying what we've learned. So I think you might find this helpful. So thank you again so much for listening to this series, to this first series of Understanding the Language of A Course in Miracles podcast, and I look forward to sharing with you again next year. If you enjoyed this last series and or found it helpful, please tell your friends about it through whatever means or platform to which you have access. Leave me a review on iTunes if you have not yet done so, so that others can hear about it, enjoy it, and find it helpful also. And do subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Have a very happy holiday season, and see you on the podcast starting Wednesday, January 8th.